Hi, I'm Ian Coxhead, a professor of applied economics at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and a specialist in East Asian trade. I'm Cindy Siegel, president of MEJ, a customs broker and freight forwarder, providing international trade services to the Wisconsin business community. And this is Talking Trade. So Ian, I'm anxious to talk to you today about China's strategy on, in, in, in reaction to the trade wars and part of their, their longtime you know, China 2025 agenda to, to bring all their production inward, domestic, be self-reliant, and to you know, be less reliant on trade with the US and, and with other economies. From an academic perspective, is that realistic? Is that possible? Are, are they big enough to do that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really great question, uh, Sandy, and it's a very, uh, very current one as well because the Chinese Premier, Premier Xi, has been uh, uh, really pushing his new version of this policy lately. We've heard a lot about uh, Made in China 2025, of course, but he's coined a new term. He calls it dual circulation. And by dual circulation, he means that the first priority in terms of economic uh, incentives and growth should be to uh, domestic Chinese businesses and, to, and the domestic economy. And then that should be backed up in, the, in the, uh, the second engine of growth by international engagement. So it's a big step away from the strategy that China followed over the last uh, 30 years of re-engagement with the rest of the world. And uh, that's gonna have implications both within China and also of course for China's trading partners as well. Right, from my perspective and you know, representing customers that do so much trade with China, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to appreciate what the fallout will be. And, you know, in, in I, I look at the, the trade agreements and the phase one agreements we had with China and China committed to buying more from the US. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's contrary to that. And in fact, Wisconsin's exports increased over 20% to China in, in this year. So even though overall exports were down for Wisconsin. So I, you know, that certainly, you know, will be um, a fallout of that. Um, you know, at the same time, while our imports are down and we are buying less from China, we are um, in fact, you know, just buying from other countries. So. Will other countries, you know, ultimately be the winners or, you know, who, who do you think the winners are in, in that strategy? Well, first and foremost, the winners will be Chinese industries. There's no question of that. So this is a, uh, even though we think about, often think about trade in quarterly or annual terms, this is really a long-term economic growth strategy. This is not about annual uh, trade data at all. So China's respond, China is responding to global uncertainty uh, certainly the pandemic, but also uh, much greater doubt about uh, the stability of its largest trading partner, the United States. So that's what the trade war has engendered in terms of policy in China. So the big winners in China are going to be industries which benefit by uh, uh, having better access or relatively better access to the domestic market. They'll create jobs, but also they'll lengthen their, their uh, production runs. And that means that the returns to fixed investments like innovation will also increase. So we can expect to see an increase in technical progress in China as some of the industries that haven't really been competitive up till now 
become much more competitive as a result of this policy. And they will invest in R&D. Uh, that will be a really big move for China because they want to be less dependent on the US and other countries for that R&D input. They're, they're feeling threatened on that front. And at the same time, I think these are some of the issues we've been trying to negotiate with the trade wars, um, right. you know, in issues about, you know, high technology and intellectual property rights. And, and again, at the same time, I, you know, it's what they're focusing on. So it's discouraging on, on whether or not, you know, China and the US can come to some agreements, you know, in, in collaboration on those issues. Right. Really important, I think, to remember that this is not a first best strategy for China. This is, this is their response to what they perceive as uh, instability and uncertainty in the world economy. So they would rather have it a different way. And, uh, and so I think, you know, in that setting, we need to think about the efficiency costs of this policy. It's going to be costly for China to promote some industries that it's not currently good at. And then, of course, there'll be costs on the U.S. side as well, because with shorter production runs, the, the loss or the contraction of uh, Chinese markets, U.S. firms will have a much harder time covering their fixed costs on things like R&D and innovation. And so we can expect to see scaling back on that front. Well, uh, again, from, from seeing how much of my customers and as a country we rely on China, I, I hope that, you know, we're we're able to be flexible and, and react quickly. So thank you for your thoughts on that. I appreciate it. I, I think that's our time today. It was good to see you. Thank you, Sandy. I look forward to talking to you again next.